Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. to episode 23 of Another Woodshop Podcast. What is up? A very special episode because this week we are joined by the one, the only, Mike Coffee, Dan Delnap, and Jason Bent from Bent Woodworking and Tires. <laughs> Who? <laughs> that is me. I'm so glad to be on Wood Talk. This is fantastic. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh no, I got is, bad news. You're going to want to sit down. <laughs> is he sitting down already? Give it to him. Is this not Wood Talk? Oh no. <laughs> Uh, Called in the wrong number. I call Cremona. Unbelievable. I thought I was going to be talking to Mark, Mark, Matt, and Shannon. I'll be Mark Spaghetti. <laughs> oh, my, well. my agent's fired. Totally fired. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Your iPhone? What, yeah. <laughs> what did you, you guys say this was? Is this shop sounds? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Not cool enough. Another another wood shop podcast. Got it. Yes. I'll, I'll make sure to, yeah. to subscribe. No, we actually to don't have a name. We're just another wood shop podcast. Just another yeah. one. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> no, I'm I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much for uh, having me be your first guest. We are so hey. happy to have you on the show. We're super pumped. Very happy. Let's yeah, um, I can tell. I can invoices tell in the mail, saying. Jason. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you got to say you're one of our more expensive guests. Yes. It yeah. was, uh, Wait, you guys told me we were charging so him. Far, actually, we yes. have to pay him. Definitely the most expensive yeah. so far, for sure. Yeah. You can well, just it, give me walnut. Let me throw this. Uh, let me throw this out here real quick because this episode is brought to everyone by Total Boat. Huge Woo! thank you to Total Boat. Dan's wearing the hat. I meant to throw my hat on for the for the for the sponsor oh, read, but I failed. Uh, but huge thank you to Total Boat. We really appreciate them. Uh, helping us make the show possible. Um, there's a lot of time that we put into the show every week, and they make it worth it. So <laughs> we really appreciate that, and we really appreciate their support. And if you want to support us, we'd really appreciate if you sponsored our, or if you, if you help patronize our sponsors. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> getting distracted and by Jason's beers. Um, <laughs> Total Boat is a huge supporter. If you supported our, if you our sponsor, our sponsor. <laughs> if you please sponsor, if you sponsor our sponsor. Our sponsor <laughs> Um, sponsor. No, if you supported our sponsors, we'd uh, it, it really helps support us. So we'd really appreciate it if you uh, gave them some love. So, Pete, what you got to say? Oh, oh, I got so much to say. Oh yeah, both things. Yeah, I just, I want to give a huge <laughs> shout out to all our patrons because they're amazing. And if you did, didn't know, we have a Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Another Woodshop Podcast where you can sign up at multiple tiers for some really awesome goodies and behind the scenes stuff. And this week. We are very happy to announce we're adding yet another benefit at the $10 tier, and that is you will up. be able to end up. end up $10 and up. Yeah. We're not going to like screw over the $20. <laughs> <laughs> but we, w- we will be taking your questions, all questions, any nitty gritty, really behind the scenes, the, the kind of stuff that we wouldn't usually cover on a podcast. If you want to know about how we talk to sponsors, uh, you know, the metrics we look at, how we handle uh, growth and growing, you know, podcasts, whatever. It, it's There's pretty much no holds barred. We're going to try to answer everything as honestly as possible, obviously within reason, but right. we're not going to We're not going to trash back. anyone. There's, we're not yeah. going to trash any brands. We're not going to start exactly. gossip or rumors, but we'll give but information we that we very, can. But we are very, Except for that one company. To- Except for that one. Those guys are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I got to edit that out. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. 
Mavuvich. I told you haven't been on was a bad idea. <laughs> he brings out the worst in me. Uh, the pre-show is worth it this week for sure. Yeah, the pre-show was a good one. It was a bit of a riot, more than usual. Can I ask a question about your new Patreon level? Of course you can. Are yeah. you saying that those are questions that you're going to answer on the podcast or they're going to be off off the podcast in the, in the pre-show. pre-show only for the patrons ah i got you yeah. so so, it's gonna so be... you might you might want to think about up in your level jason just <laughs> oh, yes, geez, I sell on the show Yikes. yeah wow <laughs> you you could so... use a few more followers on the instagrams <laughs> Talk, talking about a so weird you guys flex. can you know uh, write in a question to another woodshop podcast or do it through patreon and you know as, if you're at that right tier we'll answer it and you know if you want to know what jason's like in real life we'll tell you <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's not as handsome the as they say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Michael, I do believe we have some new patrons. We do have some new patrons. It was a pretty crazy week. We got Brandon from Walker's Wood- Woodwork. We got Morgan over at Fox and Finn. Hashtag Dorts. She knows what that's about. Nick Paccia. We got Troy Hudson. John Heck. Brent Schnepp. Justin Bailey and Mike Phillips this week. That's huge. I can't believe we got that huge. Many people. That's like crazy. So you thank guys you are so crushing much. it on your Patreon. It's crazy. We're I'm going to really, retire next week. That's not true. I mean, yeah. we the were going to announce that at the giveaway that, you, that Jason's <laughs> yeah, coming on and that. you're out. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So huge thank you to all the patrons. We really, really do appreciate it very much. It's super awesome. And we just, uh, we can't really say enough uh, about it. I mean, we're just so blown away. I guess it's the only way to say it. But yeah. Every time we're like, what the heck? So anyway, thank you so much. for What the John that. heck? <laughs> What the, oh, because he's the newest patron. So good. So good. All right. I'll show myself well, out. already taking. That's that topical. Was quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're wrapping it up now, right? Wow. This is a, that was a good show, Jason. Thank you for your time so much, man. That was yeah. a real – someone really pumped the brakes there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I think really, you know, we should probably just jump straight into, you know, what's on my bench. <laughs> what's on my bench? And I think since Jason's on the show, we'll have Jason go first. If he wants to. If he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, he still has to I go suppose first. it's is it this included in the price that I gave you? Uh it's yes. negotiable. I mean, no. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll out of my good graces, they were going to answer last it. week, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so today, uh I recently finished up a I recently finished up a um closet renovation or closet oh, yeah, yeah. uh built-in project for my son which I'm currently posting about. It's been done a little while, but so we're going ahead and getting started on um, our master closet. Sweet. And so <clears throat> today I uh, – thank you. Uh, my, my wife is restocking me. I apologize. Um, <laughs> is, he, is he in the closet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait a minute. Back up. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So today I started uh, cutting down materials for the master, um, and I've got – uh, I basically got all of the pieces cut for all the carcasses for the uh, – there's three dressers total. I'm doing one for my wife, and then on my side, there's two separate ones. Um, and so I'll get all those assembled tomorrow and start working on the drawers. But that's that's what I'm doing uh, currently. Um, but today I'm asking what the carcass is made of? Um, these are all made of birch ply, three-quarter inch. Nice. Uh, and then the majority of – well, the plan was is that I was going to end up using white melamine again. Um, cause we really liked the way that it turned out for my son's closet. Uh-huh. Um, but when I, I edge banded all the birch plywood today with the same white PVC edge banding, because everything else was going to be white melamine and that was going to be visible since they're all frameless. Mm-hmm. 
And I got to be honest with you, I really, really, really like the look of the white edge banding on the birch ply. Hmm. Ooh. Um, Ooh, I'm interested. <laughs> that sounds really interesting. I may steal yeah. that. <laughs> so I saw the now you're a woodworker. It looked very IKEA. I gotta... Right? <laughs> yeah. You steal an idea. Now very you're a woodworker. European. Well, uh, Charlie right. uh, from what's her Build and Create Home? Yeah, yeah. Uh, over in Hawaii, so mm-hmm. she um, she's doing a closet renovation project right now and did black trim. Um, on her white, uh, though she painted all of the cabinetry and stuff white. And there's like, I believe Oak is like the tops of everything. Anyways, the, the contrast looked really cool. And so this was not the plan. I just had to edge band it with the same material that I was going to be using for all the adjustable shelving yeah. units. And as soon as I did it, the light color of that birch, um, it really just looks nice. But one change I might make is for all the other stuff that's going to be visible, I may end up, if we decide to go this route, I'll probably end up using maple just because it's a little more consistent than the birches. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll give the exact same uh, look that we're going for, I, I think. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's obviously a little, little more expensive to do it this way, but because uh, the melamine is substantially less expensive than the, than the ply. But right. um, so far, really liking the way that it looks, but cool. it's, it's going to be great. Can't wait to see it. Dan, what about well, you? you? What's going on thank with you, Thank you. are never going to guess what's on my bench. I bet it rhymes with schmallnut schmask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on the walnut desk, you guys. It's Remember so when we big. Were in show six when you started that. <laughs> I know. It feels like so 2013. It's being held down by. It's desk. being held down right now by uh, 700 pounds drawer size. Right. Well, it was. I'm getting yeah. there. <laughs> So I I built the so on the right there's there's one giant desk in the middle it's 90 inches long and on the left side of it there's a bookcase that's going to be about 36 inches wide and on the right side of that there's another section that's 36 inches wide it's 38 inches deep and I'm making three drawers to go over there so I built the carcass for the drawers and, you know, these are going to be massive drawers. So I ordered some uh, drawer slides off Amazon because they were the only, it was the only place I could find that had drawers, drawer slides big enough. So I just blind ordered these 34-inch drawer slides off Amazon without even really looking at it. They arrived at my house, and they were rated for 500 pounds apiece. They were so massive. <laughs> I could barely carry them into my shop. You are very So, yeah, I had to send those back. Those aren't going to work. <laughs> They were huge. They were ugly. There is a th- there is a thing as being too big. Just mm. Mm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Whatever what I've been working say. on. Uh, you know, same old, same old. What about you, Pete? Oh me! I hired another employee this week. What? I am up to three robots in my shop. Beep bop oh. boop. Beep bop boop, bro. <laughs> Two <laughs> printers. One's a girl robot. <laughs> I uh, so yeah i got a new uh preset printer i assembled it um backwards and then it fixed it <clears throat> uh, yeah i i basically put the frame on backwards this is what you do when you you know when you build stuff while sleep deprived uh you at 3 a.m really miss the first instructions that say make sure this logo is facing forward i want yes it's facing forward and then i assembled it from the back and Did you um, read it in polish yeah, so that I realized that on the second day of building, about six hours into the full build, which is about an eight hour usually on average, um, and it took me an extra about forty five minutes to an hour to fix it. So it's that was bad. fun. That's not bad. But I have two printers now, and 
And here's two the thing 3D the, printers the, or two just 3D printers. So it's laser uh, HP d- ink jets. <laughs> <laughs> two 3D printers and an HP. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, and the thing is, you know, if I, I can, I could probably keep up with one printer if I was in front of it 24 seven. Like as soon as something popped off, I popped another thing on. But I mean, much, much like you guys, I'm busy. I don't have time to be there and start prints and finish prints and prep stuff all the time. So being able to start twice as many prints whenever I have time is really going to be just such a game changer for me because I'm able to keep up with some orders. I was telling the guys before the show that I got I just got a huge order and I that's probably more than my back. Like I, I always have a little overstock and it's more than what I've printed. So I'm going to have to make more. So that's going to really Sweet. help out. Uh, aside from that, it's just been wedding projects after wedding projects, signs. Uh, Who's getting married? Weddings. We're getting married in September 19th, I think. I don't know. It's not like that. I'm, you I'm, and your I'm daughter are getting married? That's legal. <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> Did you already send out uh, wedding invitations? We uh, are actually sending them out right now because... Okay, I was just wondering if mine got lost in the yeah, Oh, no, we've been over this, Jason. <laughs> He's not inviting anybody. Yeah. We actually <laughs> have to downsize and we're sending out a live stream invitations for a majority of the people and then like went from 150 to 40 people. Let's like, sell them on the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it possible Ooh. to streak on one of those? <laughs> yeah. Live streaking? Uh, yeah, yeah, live, sure. live streaking. <laughs> live streaking just for the shop. <laughs> To the gymnasium? <laughs> We're going to the gymnasium. Over the quad. Yeah. Over the quad. <laughs> um, so that's, that's that about anyway. it. Just been signs and You're tons my of boy, spray paint. Oh, and I, oh, one more thing. I put up a French cleat wall and quite hey. a wall, and I'm so happy, and I have nothing to put on it. So I got to make a bunch of uh, cleat mounted tool holders. I'm very excited for that. Little fixtures are fun. Nice. Yeah, and it's literally like a four by ten foot section that I can fill, which is really nice. Sweet. So, what about you, Mike? Uh, continued work on this coffee table commission. Um, kind of hit a another snag on there. I I ordered um, Rampatech threaded inserts for it, and I guess they had some shipping issues for the f- with it. So, I'm actually not getting them till Monday now. So, I'm kind of way behind on that thing. So, I need to get that thing done as soon as possible. So, um, I've got that thing sanded up to 320 right now just kind of waiting to cut in the hardware and get everything done on that i just need to get that thing out of my shop so um <laughs> have you ever th- used the Rampatech hardware before no this is my first time oh it's awesome I, that's all i hear it. i know fantastic. i can't wait to get it i've got i've only used some like cheaper stuff from uh the the amazons before so this I'm one is familiar with the hardware is it what's that, that good that's I'm not whatever. With the I mean, it's they're great. They're 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 just really really good threaded inserts. The first time I used them, I bought uh, threaded inserts from like Home Depot or Lowe's, and I just had a lot of issues. And then I used the Rampatech ones, and it's it's a night and day difference. They're fantastic. That's all I hear is that it's night and day. So I ordered those up for this, and those will be here Monday, so I can. And I got to fly out to Dan's on Friday. No Thursday, Thursday I'm night. flying out. Thursday night I'm flying out to Dan, so I'm going to try to get the whole base installed. And I'm doing Rubio intense black for the ash base, and then I'm doing Rubio black over that. And then I figure I can get the base done, and then the top I'm doing actually Odie's super penetrating oil, then Odie's universal, and then Odie's wood butter. So right before I fly out to Dan's, sponsored by Odie's. <laughs> right before I fly out to Dan's, I'm going to get the finish on both of those and let them sit. So, um, cause that super penetrating needs three days to get in the wood. So I need that. It's redwood. It's so soft. I need to get that. I need to get something durable on there. So it'll last. And I don't want to do a top coat anyway. So <clears throat> that's the plan with that. 
Um, and then can I ask a question on that? Of course you can. You're doing the Rubio on the base, right? And Odie's on the top, correct? Is there a reason why you didn't choose to use? Uh, this is totally. I'm just curious. Is there a reason why you didn't choose to use the uh, Rubio for the top as well? Um, because I've <clears throat> never used it before, and I didn't want this top to have any issues at all. Right. So the the Odies I am familiar with. So I, I I and I want the it's I wanted the three layers of finish on that thing basically because I know that the super penetrating will actually get into the wood and make it more or make it less or more dent resistant. So. Right. It's just it's more of a familiarity thing. So this will be my first time using Rubio. I'm actually after this, I'm starting on building us a bed set. I've got all the wood already. I'm building us a walnut king size bed. And Dang, um right. that whole thing's gonna be all Rubio. That whole build's gonna be Rubio. So I'd nice. rather I'd rather if I'm in when I'm trying something new, I'd rather do it for us than for a customer. Yeah, no, I'd rather no do doubt. it more for comfortable sure. for, for, for a customer. So I'm really excited to use the Rubio. My only hang up with Rubio is the sanding to 150 and 180. That's my only hang up is it just, I know everyone says that it, it feels good with the finish on there, but I'm, it's just like, a, for me, I, it's always like a tactile thing for me. I really like how high, high grit finishes feel. When I so, um, it's funny cause Rubio actually recommends that you don't go over 120. I've gone, I've gone to 180, and I know plenty of people that have gone to 220 have never had any issues with it. But right. The whole idea behind that is that you know you're closing up the wood fibers, and that stuff right. bonds to the wood fibers. But yeah, um, my walnut dining room table, I went to 150, and rubbing my hand over that compared to anything else, I, I don't even notice a difference. I, I that's totally what I get what you mean. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I hear, and I'm pretty sure I'm I'm certain that as soon as I use it, I'm gonna be like, oh, well, I was being a dummy and hanging myself up in my own head. So, <laughs> so that's you'll like it. That. I, I know I will. There's like no question. It's like there's a reason people use st- stuff. You know, there's a reason things get a, the name they do, like Festool and Rubio, and these brands get well regarded for a reason. So yeah. some things get caught up into circle jerks, but I don't feel like that's you can kind of weed those products out pretty quick. So I myself, I mean, I would really like to try the the Odie's oil or Odie's Odie's. Odie's, dude, it's Odie's? fantastic. Yeah. It's so, anyway. I'm, I've never I mean, tried it. It's really great, Jason. You you you'd really enjoy it for different applications for sure. But um. And then I finished up this uh, – well, actually, last night I finished up this drill press cart that I started like a month and a half ago. I just haven't really had time because I've been working on this commission. And then kind of like really exciting news is I'm getting a CNC. Um, I'll have more information about Woo! that. I'm really, really excited about that. It's going to be – I'm placing my order uh, – well, I'm everything gets finalized Monday. So um, I'm really excited about that. I'm just so excited. So I'm going to be starting on a big, long series in my old shop. I'm going to be remodeling my old shop. I'm pulling everything out of the old shop. I'm putting up insulation in there, and I'm putting up plywood around the all the walls. And the CNC is going to live in there. So will my new dust collector, and my miter stationer is going to live in there, and all my all my sheet goods and and lumber. So, kind of exciting. I'll have more information about that on next week's episode about exactly what's going on. Which we got to figure out how we're going to record next week's episode. Yeah. I think we'll just we'll figure that out after this. Yeah. So anyway, that's what's been on my bench. It's been pretty crazy. So. Um, yeah, and we're just really excited to have Jason on. So I think we should get into some questions because we got some for for Jason specifically. Let me see if I can. Yes. So we've got one written in from Mark Adams with A Squared Construction. He says uh, to Jason, you've been raving about the new undermount drawer slides you just used and that you will never go back to side mount slides. Can you give us details of why you lo- like these so much? Are they more forgiving on your drawer size? On your drawer construction slash sizes, simpler to install and align. What makes them so great? I'm very interested to hear your answer because I am 
just so ready to jump 100%. It's Bloom, right? Correct. Yeah, that's uh, the Bloom right. 563H is the model that I'm using. Um, and that was actually the ones that uh, Justin from Rustic Grain, uh, yeah. he's the one that actually recommended that those are the those are the ones that he uses primarily. So those are the right. ones that I went with. And there was three parts to his question. And so the first one, uh, what, what was the first part of it? It was, uh, can you give us details of why you like these so much? Are they more forgiving on your drawer construction slash sizes? That's what to was. install on a line. What? Yeah. So, uh, no, they are not forgiving uh, at all. No. Uh, in terms of, I would say that that's probably the biggest downside, depending on how you look at it. I don't, I don't necessarily look at it, but I actually had that instance the very first time I used them, and I posted about it on my Instagram. They are not forgiving. Um, but really not many drawer slides are, you still have that little bit of forgiveness, you know, like that you have with traditional side mount drawer slides. You still have a, you know, a couple of millimeters. I know mm-hmm. you love that, Dan. Um, I don't even know You still know have that a couple word. millimeters to play with. Um, but it also has a couple of meters, millimeters, millimeters. To play with. <laughs> yeah. Hey-o. That's it. Uh, <laughs> it worked guys. We were able to get him to quit. Well, welcome so, to the new member of the show. Jason Bent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm now part of another Woodshop podcast. That didn't take long at all. Um, but no, they're they're not. I would say that they're not as forgiving for different aspects. And here here's what I mean by that. So the issue that I did, and it was completely my fault. It was not the drawer slide's fault. They have a book that is very, very, very descriptive. And it tells you literally everything you need to know down to whatever measurement, whether you're using Imperial or metric. Um, I referenced the wrong one when I was writing mm. all of my stuff down on my on my sheet, my cut list. Yeah. So then I didn't figure it out until I put the drawer slides together. So basically my drawers were too deep. They absolutely cannot be too deep. They need to be, mm. if, if you have a 15 inch drawer slide, you better make them 15 inches deep. Um, so there is that uh, as where if I was using side mount drawer slides, it would have made no difference. I just, if they were full extension, part of the drawer just wouldn't have come out, you know, that bat, that last three quarters of an inch or whatever. Um, in terms of ease, uh, ease to install, they are extremely easy. That's um, especially if you pre-drill all of your hole locations for your slides. And so on this other project, that's actually the next step in, uh, the dressers that I'm building now is that I've already laid out all of my, uh, line locations based off the manual where it says you need to pre-drill everything. Um, and so when I did my son's closet, I literally went in there with the drawer slides and mounted all of them. And then when my drawers were done, I just took my boxes, plopped them right on top, pushed them back. They were done. And the adjustability, this goes into the third part of his question, the adjustability on them. It's way easier to adjust these than it is to adjust uh, side mount drawer slides because I don't have to loosen any screws to make any adjustments. All the adjustments are on the actual slide itself. So if you need to raise the back of the drawer a little bit to bring the front down, you absolutely can. You can buy different clips for the front where you can adjust them left to right after you've already attached them. So it just makes it, it, it makes it very, very simple. Um, and I just, I'm one of those people. I was very intimidated by trying it for the first time. And then I finally did it, um, made a couple of mistakes, learned from those mistakes. And like, I just went yesterday and, you know, and bought 12 more pairs for this, nice. for this next one. Um, you know, and, and going through the the process once and learning from my mistakes, uh, you know, I'm fully confident going into these ones, but they are, 
they're they're just phenomenal. Awesome. Like really, really nice. Doesn't but, yeah. Rockler make a jig to help with the the locations of the, yes. the holes you need to drill in? Yes, they well? do. Bloom Bloom makes one as well, but Ro- I actually have the Rockler one. Um when I went and bought the slides uh at, at Rockler, which they were over double the cost uh, than what I paid yesterday, I ended up buying that jig. Uh, while I was there because it's essentially the exact same thing. So um, you you basically have to drill one locating hole in the back and two pre-drill two screw locations on the front of the drawer where your clips go in. And it's that jig makes it impossible to screw up. Um, awesome. I'll actually be doing a video uh, on it here probably in the next, you know, the month or so. Where do you get so. them locally? Uh, so I went yesterday actually uh, to a place called Richelieu Hardware. Um, I don't know where they're all located. I've never heard right. of them before. Uh, again, Justin is another person that, that referenced that, uh, hardware store. And it turns out there's one in Indianapolis and I went there yesterday and, uh, set up an account with them, which is right. uh, something that a lot of people don't consider, uh, when they actually have a business. So, you know, if you have a business in an EIN, you should start calling these companies and asking them if they have trade partner uh, accounts, if they have uh, business accounts, all that stuff, because you'd be surprised by how much less expensive <laughs> you can get stuff if that you have a business account. That is fantastic advice that we've and never made on this. And that, that really my friends, advice. is Bent's hot tip. Yeah, Bent's <laughs> hot tip. <laughs> so, like, there, there's a... I learned... I actually didn't know that for a long time, and I learned it with Osborne Wood Products. Have you guys ever heard of them? Mm-mm. They make, uh, like... All, any corbels, table legs out of mm. any species of wood. They're actually located oh, yeah. in Georgia. Um, I have heard I of did them, that actually. with them. And, and I mean, you're talking, you're saving 25% off cost Yeah, uh, when you're buying the Beth, stuff for actually, clients. I have an, I have an significant. account with Beth and it makes, yes. it makes Yeah, I, I have an account like that with my local lumber supplier right. and yeah, and it saves mm-hmm. money and time. And that, That's another thing. Yeah, lumber suppliers too. There's always business pricing, always. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but with a, Richelieu. I would with, get a, I get a lower rate the more i buy throughout the year right with richelieu the i i think i want to say i paid and and this isn't to like you know dog rockler by any means it's a, it's a retail store of course it's going to be more expensive but i paid 40 dollars a pair for the slides right yesterday i paid 1865 that's quite a difference that's for the exact <laughs> same slides Wow. Okay. And then once my business account is set up, it'll actually be even a little bit cheaper than that. So it almost makes it, you know, where it's comparable to, you know, to buying the side mount slides. They're more expensive. Well, there's a reason why they're more expensive. You know, that they're, they are a very good product. There's also a reason why, you know, high end kitchens, uh, and, and kitchen renovation (laughs) projects that you're going to get from a company are going to use, you know, dovetail drawers and undermount drawer slides. (laughs) So, um, they're really, really good. I, I would definitely say just, Take the plunge, try it on a shop project. I think that that's always the best way to do it. Uh, if you screw up on your drawer on the shop project, build another one until you learn it. And then once you learn it, then you'll you'll probably never go back after that. That's kind of the consensus I hear too. Nice. Have you either of you guys done? I've been thinking about taking the plunge, but I haven't used them yet. I, I really wanted to use them on my current build, but they don't make them big enough. Big enough? No. I really needed some big monsters. That's that's what she said. Oh, hey oh. <laughs> this is a family show. Perfect. <laughs> I, I ordered <laughs> a pair not. for the drill press card I'm on, and it's a different yeah. brand. And yeah. um they feel very well made in terms of quality, is very high. You can just feel that they're high quality. The 
company is um, from Austria, and the instructions were very, very hard for me to follow. They made no no sense for me. And it was in it, the drawing on it was almost an architectural drawing, and it was very, very confusing. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try Blum soon. I, I really want to. It's exactly what Jason said. I want to do it. I want to get the error out of the way so I can learn the right way to do it. So, and I didn't even know there was a jig for that. And I'm going to probably just pick that up too, because that just makes sense. Cause and honestly, at know. that price, it's not that, no, it's really not that expensive. They're not expensive. No. I'm looking them up. I, and these look really nice. So the only ones I've ever used were ones that, um, it were, there were single, they were like straight track. It wasn't an L mount. So they didn't mount to the sides. They actually mounted to the runner that would go across the, uh, underneath the drawer. Uh, it just happened to be for like a like single drawers at the top of a cabinet, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a couple years back. And those are the, and like expanded, so you screwed it into the front and the back. And those are a pain in the ass. Yeah, they're so bad. Now there's a lot to be said too. I think one of the other big allures to uh, undermount drawer slides is that when you open up a drawer, you don't see a slide. Right. There's nothing. So there, right? yeah, um, I, I think that look. there's yeah there there's a very big uh, you know you know bonus to that if, if that's yeah, the look sure. that you're trying to achieve. For sure. Well, well, let's uh, let's jump into this next question. This is yeah. from Ash with Woodwork and Whiskers. This one is directed <laughs> towards Jason as well. Yes. Hey, guys. This is Ash from Woodwork and Whiskers down under. Love the show, as I'm sure uh, many of my stormtroopers do as well. Keep up the awesome work. Uh, now, you have Jason on the show today, my good friend Jason. Now, Jason, uh, along with Pete, have been um, trying to get the metric system in there over there in the States, uh, which we've obviously been on forever down here. Um, Now, he's making some conversion charts. Now, I've suggested to Jason that he puts on the bottom of the conversion chart, if you don't use metric, you will be shot. Um, I think this is a great initiative, and I think uh, Pete in particular should be encouraging Jason to do that on the bottom of his conversion charts. Let's start a campaign. If you don't use metric, you will be shot. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Listen, I mean, we can't condone this behavior, Ash. I mean... <laughs> Jason. Don't they, like, they don't have guns in Australia either, right? That's like... Is that true? Sure. I don't think so. Oh, I thought it was in New Zealand. Which, which are one band... New Jersey. A way to just wrap everybody in the same thing. Trust me. But yes, Ash, we are trying to convert everyone slowly using words. And you'll never convert me. You'll never convert me. (laughs) The final holdout. The final metric holdout. How many bands is thirty millimeters? Okay, so let uh, let's start this conversation. Hold on, before I ask this question to Dan. Oh my gosh. I do want to take an opportunity to say that Ashley is one of the greatest human beings on the face of the planet. Like, have you guys talked to him a lot? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's my man. Responded to him on Instagram a few times, yeah. He I is talk to him all the time. fantastic. And what he's doing to highlight uh, all the local makers there in Australia, I just think is really cool. So I, I, I had to say that because he, he really is a good dude. But Dan, let me ask, let me ask you this. Why? Why? Because I, I remember the, the <laughs> podcast episode. Why? That's just why. <laughs> why are you so hesitant to it? I just want to get your perspective on it before I talk it. I don't want to cut Dan off, but it's one word. Change. Yeah. Now, Dan, elaborate. <laughs> I don't like change. I mean, I mean, I'm an old man. I don't like change. I'm an old um, man. 
my brain works with Imperial and I don't I don't want to have to switch everything now. Like everything okay. works great the way it is. I don't want to change anything. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's broke. It's not broke. You're broke. You're broke. So your problem isn't with <laughs> your problem isn't with the metric system. It's that you just don't want to change because you're so ingrained with Imperial. Yes. Okay. Uh, so it was, but, I was, but then my, that leads to me having a problem with the metric system because then I get bombarded by people. Well, why don't you like the metric system? Yeah. <laughs> because you keep asking me about it. Yeah. <laughs> You're such a pain in the neck, Dan. It's unreal. <laughs> uh, you just trying to be All difficult. Right. Uh, let's back up a little bit. So from 2000 to 2011, I worked at a company called Lozier Corporation. I ran their giant uh, CNC machines. These these are some big monster CNC machines. They would cut – one of the ones that I would, I would use on a regular basis would cut 15 quarter-inch sheets of MDF at a time. So it was Whoa. like – it was like, you know, whatever, 15 times. Do you mean chainsaw? No. Not CNC. <laughs> It was a big production company, right. and everything was in metric. So I, I know how to convert everything. I, it's all upstairs. I, I got all the math. Well, I used it a ton. It with MDF. That's why he hates it. Yes, I associate <laughs> it with MDF. Was it <laughs> rustic MDF? No, it wasn't. It wasn't rustic <laughs> at all. That, that was the this bad part. It wasn't rustic. Podcasts. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with metric and, and using millimeters, but I just prefer not to. It just brings up a lot fun. of bad memories. I Dan, prefer not to. I know metric. we give you a hard time, but I'm um, I'm okay with you being wrong. It's fine. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not the end of the world. You're wrong in a lot of a lot of ways, and I'm okay with it too. So I mean, I use wow. both because I have to. But I mean, let's be real. It's it's why are there eights and sixteens and thirty twos? Just just make it tens. It's so much easier. I usually convert everything to decimal anyway. That's even more confusing. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm glad we talked about this. You, you know what we need to do? Make America what? metric again. <clears throat> oh, my God. As a prank, oh, can you Mama? just buy a bunch of, uh, like, European-branded Milwaukee stuff that's all in millimeters and just replace, like, all his tape measures and stuff in the shop? <laughs> oh so God. next time he goes, we're like, what What the hell? I feel like so, th- this is, like, some sort of metric conversion therapy no, you guys are giving no. me. Metric I'm not trying. Metric. I'm not. We're going to send Dan to metric camp. <laughs> yeah, metric camp. <laughs> Show title? <laughs> Metric conversion therapy. <laughs> that's the title for sure. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I read an article yesterday. My buddy Ben, uh, Ben Marshall Designs. Uh, I don't know how long you guys have, have really been on Instagram, but he used to be on his Valor Made Designs. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. So he ended up getting off Instagram for a while, but he's he like loves researching all kinds of stuff. And he sent me a really interesting article yesterday that they did a they did a a test on the imperial versus metric system, and the, the test bed was like fifteen year old um, uh, like math students, right? And the conclusion of it basically was that there was no big difference in the end result between using the two, right? <clears throat> now, with that being you know, said, again, That's it's good. It's totally subjective, right? But that just goes to show, like, you can accomplish the same thing with either. I 100% agree with that. I think when it comes down to metric versus imperial, it's all about the type of person that you are and how you are with numbers. So for me personally, fractions, like, I I was never good at math. So fractions for me, if I have to start adding something that's uh, a 16th with something that's an eighth with something that's a 32nd with... 
it, I'm just like, screw this, right? But if I can work, if I can work in whole numbers, um, then it's so much easier for me to do in reference. Now, the other the other side of that, and the thing that I'm starting to realize with, you know, because don't get me wrong, like I, I feel like me talking about metrics so much has because I get messages a lot from people that are like, hey, I made the switch and it's so much easier. Well, that's not necessarily the case for everybody like you, right? You, you, you're you so ingrained with using you know fractions and using the imperial system that why why would you change? And that makes total sense. Um, but once me, again, I, I don't to... use fractions. I use decimals. I know, I know by heart to decimals. The, the decimal equivalent of 1 16th through 1... You know what? The, uh, I know, right? <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> I know the decimal equivalent of of every fraction per sixteenth throughout. See, a, and a that whole that's inch. where I absolutely would be referencing up here. some sort of some sort of list, right? But you've been doing it for a really long time, so I've been doing it since nineteen ninety seven. the The biggest issue that I think people have, and the reason why they're so, you know. Not, I don't want to say resistant, but hesitant to change is because everybody is associating a metric measurement with an imperial measurement. When the reality of it is, the two don't have anything to do with each other. Right. Um, there's no. There's no. So that's play. the whole idea behind my, you know, this metric conversion chart that I want to make because that was what I struggled with the most. If, you know, if you're working with clients and they say, "Well, I want a six foot table" or "I want a seven foot table." But you're going to end up building things in metric. People get wrapped around the axle. Like, okay, exactly how many millimeters is that? Well, it doesn't matter, right? But if you, you at least have a reference to go off of, I think that that would be a little bit more helpful. So for me, I've just decided to completely convert. But if you uh, think that I don't still go back and reference uh, every once in a while what an imperial equivalent would be, uh, matter of fact, I did it today. You know, I'm like, well how wide are these dressers need to be? Well, they need to be about two feet. What is that? And then, you know, I go and look at what the the metric is and I'm like, how long is this? Okay. This is 25 inches. So yeah, that'll work. You know what I mean? So like there's still times where that Imperial system, because that is what I'm used to referencing in terms of space until I get fully ingrained in using that system to where I just don't need to worry about it anymore. I know that, you know, 640 millimeters is going to be X amount. You know, it, it, that's, I just know that that's the size that I want. So, um, but getting wrapped around the axle about that, that's where people really have the problem. They're like, you know, at one inch is 25.4 millimeters. Well, you know, yeah, you, you point, right. And you're like, yeah, exactly. I know that. Yeah. But, but the funny <laughs> thing is, is that it's not that it's, like 25.4. See, that makes it confusing. Well, no, it doesn't make it confusing because you could just use 25 and the inch doesn't have any basis on 25 millimeters, right? It's that that's our comparison to the other measurement because that's what we're used to. So um, that's where people get hung up. And that's a really good example. But it, you know, if, if you tell a client or they say, I want a 72 inch table and then you build it and it turns out to be 72 and one thirty second because you used a, a whole millimeter number. They're not going to be like, ah, nope. Get that mm. out of my house. Get it out. <laughs> yeah. Get it out. I, if somebody does my... that, you need to be like, eh, maybe we shouldn't work together. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take yeah. my table and go home. When I got my domino, I was like, oh man, it's got metric all over it. <laughs> like, yeah. But out. like Jason said, 25.4. Remember that well, number. But the bottom line is. That. Yeah. Is after like two two weeks of using it, it's just not it's a non issue. Yeah, it's yeah. like you just. I mean, Super it's just not it's a non issue. It just works. So, so it's you're not. saying two weeks in a conversion camp and you're good. <laughs> conversion therapy. <laughs> well, another another really good example is three quarter inch ply. 
There's no such thing as three quarter inch right. plywood, right? No. It is no, 18 millimeter seconds. ply. We gave it the term three quarter inch, but it is 18 millimeter, period, mm-hmm. right? So, um, which is the equivalent seconds. to how many? What is it? 23, 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah, it's it, ridiculous, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's 18 mil. Right. Yeah, 23. And when I'm building cabinets, if I need it to be 700 millimeters wide, I can take 36 millimeters, subtract it, and I know what my bottom panel is, right? It's not... And that's that's where to me where the where the excitement of it was. It's like holy crap! I just could use one number, and I can use my my <laughs> Google machines and everything else in my shop, and they'll just tell me what I need to know. <laughs> well, with me having you. those numbers in my head, like I can I can go, okay, this is uh, fifty four nine sixteen, so that's fifty four point five six three or five six two five, and I want to subtract three and an eighth. So you just subtract three point one two five, and I don't even worry about. I just want to. Mentioned that we're ten minutes into a metric talk right now. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to spin the fingers right now. But um, maybe we should move on to the next one. <laughs> this is what the people want to hear. This is what they wanted. Ash, to answer your question, yeah, yes, metric sucks. Yes. They will be shocked. Yeah. Dan's answer is no. Mike is whatever. I'll do whatever I need to do to make stuff. All right. Yeah. Let's. Uh, this next question is from Andrew Deering from STL Deering. Hey guys, and hey Jason. This is Andy from STL Deering Designs. Quick question for you. Helical cutter head versus spiral cutter head on a joiner. If somebody's looking to upgrade, what do you recommend and why? Thanks. This should go fast. It'll go quick. Dan? Helical. Why? Because uh, it's a cleaner cut. It's a quieter cut. And the knives, Are you thinking of quote unquote, knives? last longer. Are you thinking of straight mm-hmm. knives or spiral head? He said helical head. Helical and spiral are... Spiral and heel and and straight knives aren't the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's talking about the helical head, but the they all have knives, the and you can turn them ninety degrees oh, okay. each I time. I'm sorry, We're they last a long time. Like straight, yeah. yeah, they last a heck of a lot longer. One would say four times longer, way more than that, like ten times longer, even well, really. Each, I yeah, mean, each blade is definitely stronger than. than a it's just knife. all around better. Yeah, Jason, uh, I agree. Um, Easier we say ditto here. Yeah, easier to change. Uh, there, I know you guys had a conversation about joiner planer combo machines, and Mike uh, hates them. But um, no, I don't. No, I'm just kidding. I have I hate them. I Is have that one you said? now. Yeah, I do hate them. Yes. No, yeah. I'm <laughs> I have. I have the Hammer A326 currently until December when the the A341 comes, and this one has the. Uh, I'm getting the A342. Go on. Yeah, <laughs> 8-42, it's a special edition. They only made is, one for Dan. Is, um, is that the 16-inch? The 41 will be, the yeah. The one that, that I have awesome. in the shop now, uh, they sent me as a loner until the other one got here, but this is it's a 10-inch. This Wait, has a straight knife. 16-inch planer joiner? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, the, a 16-inch joiner is what I'm really excited about. That's, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a beast. But this this straight knife, I, I was... I got to be honest with you. I am really, really, really impressed by the cut quality, which I have not had on other straight knives. But I still, I'm not going to say that it is that it is better than a helicod because that would just be ridiculous. If I had to pick between the two, I would absolutely do it. And Dan hit on the biggest part, which is the the noise uh, reduction oh, yeah. that you get. Yeah, immense. Pete, oh, I'll go next. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, <laughs> So, yes, I go, I'd say helical head uh, all the way. And not just, be, you know, obviously they last longer and all that. But if you accidentally 
run a nail or something through that thing. You're not having to swap out three full blades or four blades or whatever your, your machine takes. You're swapping out four small teeth. And, you know, I got my Laguna and it came with five spare teeth. And if I really run over something that I shouldn't, it's easier to swap that out. And I'm not having to replace all my and you're, I'm just You're not even them. swapping them out. You're just turning them. Yeah, you turn I just them turn them, them exactly. Yeah, just turn them. You're right. Yeah. And and that's the thing. You you rotate them. Carbide teeth do last longer. I think it's worth it. Mike, I don't. I mean, there's. I don't even know why they make straight knife machines anymore. Honestly, it's okay. they're okay. <laughs> I mean, obviously for price reasons, but I mean, they're just the difference is unreal. It's cleaner. It's quieter. Yeah. It doesn't clog up your machine because the chips are so small. It's taking. I mean, it takes less energy to make the cut. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a better machine. It's a better build. <laughs> And, As we uh, said about pine, it's fine. <laughs> straight knives are fine. fine. They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. And then one thing I will say, though, about the combo machine that Jason's got is now that I have a bigger joiner, I do wish I had the European-style guard because the giant pork chop, when you have to come through over the joiner, when as it comes out, I mean, when you got a t- I've got a 12-inch joiner, that pork chop swings out 12 inches. I have to, like, run material over, like, with my arms <laughs> straight out on the thing because I, I wish I had that European guard on there, kind of. Is that the one that just slides out? Yeah. Yeah, it slides out, yeah. A I wish, 12 I, wish I had that pork chop sounds amazing right now. Just <laughs> A 12-inch pork chop sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> also a good name for the episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, this next question is from, speaking of Justin with Rustic Grains, this is from Justin with Rustic Grains. Who? Hey, what's up, guys? Justin here with Rustic Grain Designs Tampa. I got another deep question for you guys this week. What is the one thing that got you into woodworking? Was it a skill that was passed down from your dad or maybe your granddad? Was it your wife wanting a new piece of furniture for your house like me? I'm curious for your answers, and congratulations to Jason, a bent of Bent's Woodworking, (laughs) for being the first guest of the Another Woodshop podcast. Did he sound bitter? He's <laughs> mad. Bitter. He's mad. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Jason, what got you into woodworking? Uh, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version because most people <laughs> have already heard this, but my wife asked me to build a table. I, I mean, that, that's really, I got on YouTube, found a video from DIY Pete, built it, and I was hooked. And here I am. <laughs> A few years later. <laughs> on another Wish Out podcast. You did on it. You made it. You made it. You can quit I'm, now. Like, I'm at, matter of fact, I'm going to list all my tools on uh, Craigslist tomorrow. So right. <laughs> Cash out. Cash out while you're ahead. Yeah. Pete. Just listed as want to sell as lot. Pete. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> must, must buy total package. Pete, what uh, um, what got you into woodworking? Was it for me, free it was, pierogies? Uh, yeah. Well, I've always been uh, kind of like, Handsy, uh, handsy, handsy. Pete is definitely handsy for <laughs> sure. You said this handy was a can confirm. Like, my dad always, he, my dad always taught me of like fix, don't like, don't just buy something new. Just try to fix it and make it work again. Uh, but then uh, the girl I was dating at the time, her mom owned a bunch of properties, and there's always something broken, and she wanted a cabinet here, a shelf here, and Slap I started acquiring this. tools. Mom, Basically, each one of those jobs paid for the tool I bought for the job. And that's how I kind of outfitted my shop. And then uh, I kind of blinked and then I'm, you know, leaning on a on a paramatic now, <laughs> paramatic table saw because somehow it got out of control. And uh, I love it. I'm so glad I fell into this because I've, I'm although I sometimes get frustrated with it, it's it's honestly been like one of the best like stress relievers and, and just 
satisfying things to to do is just be able to build something. So, what about you, Mike? Um, I've kind of gone into it, I guess, but I used to have a, I had a different hobby before, and then my son was born, and I couldn't do that hobby anymore, and it was selling meth. No, yeah. I was, uh, <laughs> I was just about to ask. Money was good. <laughs> yeah, I used to be on motorcycles, and there was just no time for it when my son was born, and I went like a year without any real hobby. Sold my bikes, and then. And then I wanted. I started doing stuff around the house, and I was like, "Oh, I actually, kind of enjoy fixing stuff around the house and making stuff around the house." And then I kind of looked into blacksmithing, and it was too hot for me. And uh, <laughs> I got in, I, so I, I kind of got into woodworking, and that was about a little over two years ago now. And I'm just just love it. I just love it so much. I'm just all in on it now. Just building stuff around the house got me into it, and making my wife some floating shelves or something like that. And I think yeah. uh, the, one of the first things I built was a. Uh, was a big planter box for a succulent garden for my wife. So that was kind of what got me into it. What about you, Dan? Well, you see, back in communist Poland. <laughs> yeah. That's my line. Sorry. You're reading the government the told me I was going to be a woodworker. <laughs> no, uh, fresh yeah. out of high school in 1997, I worked at a furniture factory. Um, Did you? Yeah, I know. That's why I always, you know, subtle, humble brag. Been doing this since 97. Um, yeah, I, I, I worked at a furniture factory in 97. I worked there for a couple of years and, you know, I enjoyed it. It wasn't the best job in the world and I didn't make a ton of money, but I did enjoy the quote unquote art of making furniture. And, uh, it's, it's been in my blood and in my brain since then, I guess. And then when my wife and I bought a new house in 2012, I slowly started buying tools for my garage because I had more space to use now. So. And it's just kind of like taken over my life since then. Yeah. Tale as old as time. Now you're addicted. Dan, may I just say you're glowing? Yeah. What happened? Did did you turn the lights on in your house? (laughs) This is sunset, Dan. I get the sunset through my window. Oh, yeah. We've never recorded it this time. Yeah. It's usually dark. (laughs) Well, I think that that answers that one from Justin. Uh, Let's go into this question from Kevin with Lefty's Woodshop. Hey guys, it's Kevin at Lefty's Woodshop, owned by another Woodshop podcast. <laughs> um, I have some downtime right now, so I was wondering if it's a good idea to batch out like cutting boards or serving trays, something that's hot around the holidays. And I guess the question to go with it, would it be best to just work on my own website right now to sell those or go ahead and do that on Etsy? So thanks for your time. Love the podcast. Keep going strong, guys. See ya. Dan? Well, first of all, Kevin, uh, since your shop is owned by AWP, you do not have downtime. What are you doing? Pick up a broom. <laughs> yeah, we, we've yeah, got a bunch of sanding work. for you to get done. <laughs> <laughs> but for real... We'll audit you. We'll audit you. <laughs> but for real, uh, I think working on a website is a good idea right now. If you already have stock... If you're like Pete and you have a rack full of boards that are waiting to be finished... Yeah, work on a website. Every week with this crap. You shouldn't have done it. It's on you. <laughs> it's totally on you. Um, yeah. Or why not both? Why not work on some stock and work on your website? Two birds, one stone. What He's do you think? I think you should definitely have uh even if you know if you don't have time for a website or don't want to put the money out for a website, although I think it's very worth it. Uh Etsy is very easy to set up. Take a couple pictures, throw it up there. It's a great way to just show your friends and family even that are interested. Just be like, oh, here, just go to my link. You'll see all the boards. And if someone wants to buy one, great. Pull it off of Etsy. All you lose is 20 cents for the listing. 
It's like, it's nothing. And then you just pull it off and hand it over to somebody. You don't have to pay shipping or anything like that, but you have a showcase. So Etsy is a nice, quick, cheap and dirty way to do it, but absolutely go on your website. I think Mike, uh, well, I'll give it to Mike, but you have your own website and you list your stuff there, right? That's where you get most of your sales. Yeah, I've gotten two sales on Etsy. <laughs> I've had an Etsy. I mean, I've had three sales on Etsy, but I have a website. Um, I don't know if you need a website. For you don't. I don't know. I, I feel like I said build your website, but I don't have a website. So don't yeah, I, I don't. I think I think for what Kevin's doing, I, I think he's going to be just fine with Etsy. I don't know what he's trying to sling overall. I mean, it's a big. I mean, a website can be pricey unless you're really seeing a lot of traffic. I would say maybe start on Etsy and then move over to a website because it can be an investment. And if you're going to, if you're going to get any sort of deal on a website, you really want to buy it like a year or two all at once. So um, maybe try to generate some traffic that way. But yeah, I mean, I get to keep more of the money when it's the sale happens on my website. So I don't like lose too much sleep on not getting sales on Etsy. So I don't get them taking my cut. And uh, it's not like I'm, you know, my, my website isn't going gangbusters, um, but it does better than Etsy for me, so it's worked out for me. But that's kind of not really – for people selling, like, cutting boards and stuff, that's kind of the exception to the rule. Most people are moving lots of units through Etsy for the most part. So, I mean, Jason, what do you think? Uh, so, <clears throat> I think there's a couple different ways that you can look at it. It depends on what it is that you're trying to do. I think if you're trying to be somebody that's really getting into social media and are trying to build some sort of brand, I think doubling down on a website might be beneficial. But – Unless you have a lot of stuff on your website that is searchable, your stuff is just going to sit there and no one's ever going to find it, which right. is where Etsy comes in very, very handy, especially on small items like that. But the downside to a website like that is it, it is so saturated by people that have been doing it a lot longer than you and have very high ratings. Uh, it may make it difficult. But whether you do a website or whether you do Etsy or Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or anything else... If you have a stock of things that you have made while you have downtime, that's just additional money in your pocket um, while you're doing something else. So, Or do build stock and do like a local craft fair. Yep. Yep. That's good. I mean, that's that's why I have 50 cutting boards on the wall. Oh, it's 50 now. It's like, it's like 12. <laughs> but no, that was, that was why I, I stocked up because I wanted to do craft shows this year and couldn't do it. Uh, How now, come? Kevin, one thing that sure. I would recommend for your Etsy store is – uh, if someone is interested, if they hit you up like, oh, can I buy that cutting board that you posted about? Uh, post it on your Etsy, have them buy through there. Like I actually, some of the people early on when I was making stuff, I was saying like, if they wanted to buy from me, I didn't take their Venmo or PayPal. I just listed it and then sent them Is that to get the ratings and sales up? Not even just the ratings, but just to get a sale. Even if they didn't hmm. give me a rating or anything, I'd still be happy because I, sh- I showed a sale on that item. That seems shady. Yeah. I like it. But it's, you know, that's how I would have... Makes sense. You're, you lose the cut. Beat you me to it. I lose the small cut, but I get Etsy to grow. And, like, now my Etsy is fairly popular. Uh, now, granted, mm. all it's selling is the 3D printed stuff, but it's <laughs> moving. It's moving more than the first two years I had it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So... One thing I would like to add is that if you are looking at doing a website, I mean, you can do it for almost nothing through Squarespace. And Squarespace is, if you put in a little bit of time in the beginning to figure out how it works, watch a couple videos, there's some great tutorials on it. Squarespace actually offers quite a bit, and it is very, very easy to manipulate and do uh, on your own. 
That's that's true. Actually, I wh- I what I was referring to was like if you want to have e-commerce and right. a bunch of these different things on there. Jason's one hundred percent right for actually getting a website going. Yeah, for like a non-offering where you're not having commerce on there, um, that is very smart and a very good point too. So I think we kind of covered that for Kevin. Should eh? we do a the giveaway? Yeah, well, let's or do another one. Yeah, and let's do uh let's do the giveaway real quick. We're at fifty seven minutes already. So. Yeah. So yeah, we're only halfway through. That's yeah, fine. we're probably only going to do Patreon questions this week because we've still got a pretty decent amount left and we're almost at the hour mark. So, Dan, let's throw it over to you for the giveaway. I feel like I've only been here for two minutes. <laughs> yeah, it flies by, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Because we're having so fun, fun, baby. Yep. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> this week's uh, giveaway sponsored by Macbeth Hardwood. Or actually, last week, I should... Let's go back a little bit. Last week's giveaway sponsored by Macbeth Hardwood. <laughs> was a Payne Brothers Premium Knife Kit uh, Supply Otter Knife Crate. It's basically a build-your-own-knife, and it comes with everything you're going to need. And that winner was Kyle Foote. I've already messaged him. Uh, your package is going to be going out probably on Monday, Kyle, so congratulations. Did you hear this- what Ash said about that thing? What now? Did you hear what Ash said over at Woodwork and Whiskers said? No, I He I said, don't. you call that a knife? <laughs> <laughs> And then let me guess, he showed you. <laughs> and then he showed me. Oh, wow. oh, you pumped the brakes for that. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. It was so dumb. I had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> this oh week, this week, we are giving away, or I should say, Macbeth is giving away a one gallon tight bond speed set and a tight bond pump. Together, that is a $55 value. I love speed one set. gallon of speed set. Yeah, the last. Year. I want that in my oh, shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that stuff's really great. I'm using it it's really on bike, on like every piece of shop furniture. You don't want to use it on like a complicated glue up because that stuff sets super quick. Yeah, it's speed set for reals. Like it really does set up quick. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it really is good stuff. I really have been using that a lot with Type on Three and other stuff. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, code phrase for this week: we don't have one. <laughs> So get I got a, I got a few options. A few <laughs> there you options. go. I got get a few bent. options. Okay, all right. <laughs> we'll we we, we could go shop. with uh, metric conversion <laughs> therapy. I think that's got to be <laughs> yeah. the title of the show, though. <laughs> I know, I know. Or we can go with bent out of shape. What about twelve inch pork chop? Twelve like inch pork chop. <laughs> 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 I forgot. I like twelve inch well, pork chop. That's good. Twelve inch pork right. chop. <laughs> Until uh, Jason gets the 16-inch pork chop. Well, no, no, you're <laughs> yeah. going to get the uh, European. <laughs> Already there. Hey, All right, so hey, uh, this week's code phrase, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be 12-inch pork chop. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> We're sorry. What kind of, what kind oh. of podcast is this? It's terrible. You don't want to so know that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, It's basically Michael Scott, time. the podcast. <laughs> so the as with every other week before this, you need to send us a DM on our Instagram at Another Woodshop Podcast or email us at Another Woodshop Podcast at gmail.com with the code phrase 12 inch pork chop to get entered. Boom. And a little PSA. Thank you. We appreciate to you guys reaching out to us with catchphrases from earlier <laughs> episodes. <laughs> Unfortunately, that does not qualify you for this. No, right. we we draw the new winner all. every Friday when we record. If yep. Mike's power doesn't go out, hey, what the <laughs> <laughs> tax? I don't need this. Uh, all right, let's go back and po- and uh, questions. Yeah, let's, let's jump in back into yeah. questions real quick. We got to fly through these because. Uh, 
We're having we so have much 20 fun. more. That's fine. My it's family's already texting me and asking if they can come out of the box. The answer is stay in your box. <laughs> uh, put the lotion in the basket. All right, this question is from Matt. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call last week. So this week I'm working on a project, and it just seems to be fighting me every step of the way. I was wondering if you guys have ever had a project like that, and if you have, just uh, if you could elaborate on that, I would appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Daniel? Yes. Um, it, it's always like the small projects that I think are going to be so simple that are not. Um, a couple years ago, I made a, uh, a, a little puzzle box uh, for a client. Basically, it was a little box with a bunch of shelves in it so that they could stack their little boys' puzzles, you know, the puzzles with the big pieces, you know, into it. And they, they had a place to organize the puzzles. And I thought it was going to be crazy simple. I made it out of walnut. It, w- it was very nice. And it was just one problem after the other. And I was like, what is going on? Uh, basically, I just pushed through it. And at the end, I had to make a whole second one because I was like, you know what? I'm done with this just little thing. Just to yourself. I threw it in the fire. <laughs> oh, did and, you really? Well, I actually ended up giving it to the client. Oh. <laughs> but in a bag of you ashes. You ruined the story. After, <laughs> after you caught it on fire? Right. Yeah. Here's was your it Shushuki Shushuki this is Shoshugi Bon. This is Japanese. I ended up just remaking the thing and, and eating the time and, and product. It was a real bummer. Right. What about you, Mike? Um, everything I haven't really had anything real bad. I mean, I, the, the toughest build that I had was my guitar and it was the top. I really had problems with the top. Everything to do with the back was, was not so bad. Everything went pretty smooth there, but the top, I mean, you know about me blowing out my F hole, you know, about me. (laughs) Oh, we know. Yeah. You've heard, you've heard the rumors. They're true. No, I mean that that whole top, everything about it was bad. I mean, I, I ended up making two tops for that thing. The finish didn't go on properly. I had issues with the finish. Um, I had problems with the, uh, the shielding paint not working and cut, just falling off. I had to delaminate. It, it was, it was, a, it was a big, the paint the just fell there. off the, the shielding paint. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't, somehow it didn't adhere properly and it just started crumbling off. Like, cause there was too much nickel concentrated instead of the paint paint. So it's basically oh, just a paint. You need more nickel back. Of, <laughs> the nickel back broke. I knew that was coming. <laughs> so, Dan's so happy with himself. But yeah, the, there was, I guess it was concentrated. I didn't stir it enough or something. And where it was at, there was pieces where it was just, falling off so and then the electrical was a pain in the neck and then that whole guitar the guitar was really truly not a very fun build for me though it was a dream build it was just not very fun so what about you jason um for me it was probably it was the last client build i ever did um and it was more because of the client Uh, matter of fact it was the only bad client experience i've had i was building a desk and the husband wanted one thing. The wife wanted another thing. It was for the oh, husband. Um, I, When I was doing my business, I regularly would send, you know, obviously I was posting everything on social media and I would send updates and all that stuff. And that just turned out to be a huge pain on this project. And it was just one thing after another. Um, but by the end of it, that that's kind of, that's what sealed the deal for me to basically stop doing custom furniture and just focus on what I'm doing now. So, uh, the desk came out great. Um, but it just, it was just one thing after another because they, oh, well, what about this? What about that? I don't really know if I like the look of that. And it was just, it was just a constant struggle. That sucks. 
That makes it tough. Can relate. It makes it tough, but it made it very, very easy to make the decision I already had in the back of my mind. So it was kind right. of a blessing in disguise. Right. That makes sense. What about Cannot you? relate to that. For me, <laughs> I feel like I, I run into a point in every project where I get a little frustrated and kind of either want to start over or figure something out or just cut my losses and make the whatever I'm making half an inch shorter. I would less. You should probably use Imperial. That'll probably fix that. But, you know, whatever. You're probably right because it's always the point whatever's. Uh, but I, I might go a different route. And the one project, <laughs> major project that I had in my life that constantly gave me trouble was the house. And that was every time I tried a major house project, or not even a major, but like some kind of house project, something else came up with it and got worse. Because like, you know, a lot of times when you work on a house, you discover other things that are like, oh, that's how they did that. Like, oh, they ran this plumbing into like the vent. That's cool. Uh, so... <laughs> This house was definitely that project, and uh, we finally got it to a point where it's manageable. But damn, the first uh, two years were uh, were a little rough. Well, that's that that is where it gets difficult because like house projects, that's not just woodworking. I mean, that's no, like, that's and I'm learning that very very yeah. quickly right now, and we're really enjoying it. But holy crap, I mean, it is not. You know, I I might be able to build cabinets really well, but you know, weird flex, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm saying I might be able to build the cabinets really well. Then I go to install them and everything. And it just, there's so many other the issues that it makes. Right. Yeah. It just makes yeah. so much trouble. Yeah. Um, it's always the dang drywallers. There's yeah. always, yeah, well, yeah, but you I learn mean, a I lot. This from French it. cleat wall and I have 16 on center, 16 on center, 14, 13, 14, 10. Who built that wall? Metric. I bet he was Polish. <laughs> metric. And metric. It makes no sense. Some European. <laughs> Pol- <laughs> Polish <laughs> framers. Polish. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. You can't frame the Polish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's move on sense. to Nick's question. He's uh, with The Working Grain. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, guys. Nick Pachi here from The Working Grain. Um, I just recently started selling my woodworking projects more on a commission base, um, and I'd love to start to transition over to selling from more of an online store like Etsy or maybe a personal website as well. Um, So my question is, do you guys have any tips or tricks on how to start making the move over to selling from an online store and what the first thing you should focus on with setting that up? Thanks, guys. Love what you do. Thanks for all the helpful tips. And I uh, can't wait to hear what's on your bench. <laughs> this is kind of similar to Lefty's question. Yeah. Yes. But um, I mean, I'm going to say my one thing and I'll push it on to the other guys. But if you're going to start selling to people, you need to find rich people to sell to. They're the best clients. Indeed. <laughs> so find rich clients and sell to them. That's my Pretty only simple. advice. I mean, it's real simple. Just drive to a rich, wealthy community. Set up a stand, like a lemonade stand, but have cutting boards there. <laughs> have and, farmhouse uh, tables. <laughs> yeah, farmhouse tables. They can, they can smell walnut. You set it up yeah. in, a, in yeah. a neighborhood, and they'll come out of the houses. Oh, this no. is getting ridiculous. Uh, I mean, it's kind of similar to Lefty's question. I'm sorry, Dan. What are you building? Out of how many board feet of whatever you're building with? <laughs> 200 board feet of walnut desk. Thank you. I'm resting <laughs> right. my case. God. Prosecutor? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sell, selling, going from like... Moving to an online presence, there's a lot about what we said earlier. I mean, there's things you got to factor in that you don't even probably know about, like SEOs and search words and key phrases and then saturated markets, stuff like that that like Jason was bringing up. I know but, some of those words. Yeah, I've heard of two of those words. And um, it's just 
you know, there's all these new factors you start to have to worry about. And then there's uh, as soon as you go onto a place where there's a lot of other people on there, you have a lot of competition now. So um, there's a lot to think about. And but it's kind of the next next uh, the next move, I guess. If you're selling stuff to friends and family, the kind of next move is to get to the inter interwebs and sell there. Daniel, I don't I don't know if I have any better advice than than you just gave. Okay. I actually just found myself into the situation because I already had a giant client base with my photography business and it just kind of rolled over into woodworking because people that get married tend to buy new houses and they want new furniture and they're like, oh, Daniel builds stuff. I should ask him. So I, I got, I, I got lucky. I don't have any good information to give you or yeah, you're pulling advice. from your own customer base. Yeah. Pete. Uh, I, uh, my one bit of advice is don't sell to your friends. Oh, good advice, actually. Yeah, because it's uh, really good advice. I don't know about you guys, but that was the first, the, the reason I, the only times I ever disliked woodworking is, uh, no offense to my friends, but selling to my friends and coworkers is because they expect a deal. And not just like a deal, like they don't even expect to pay for like materials. And that's a big issue for me. Now, back then I was just happy to have the business and I was basically, after labor and everything, like barely break even if that. Uh, so, you know, definitely get your, get the word out there. You want the friends of family and then, like Mike said, I mean, I hate to put it that way, but yeah, get into a rich neighborhood if you can, <laughs> if there is one. Like, especially if you have that one client and you know they might be a little better off because they have other wealthy friends and, I mean, let's be real, we make... Luxury items. Um, I think there's a question later on about some people that just kind of sell cheap products made. You know, we'll kind of get into that and how it undercuts the people that actually really put into work. Uh, and, you know, there are some people that uh, I think it was uh, – God, I'm blanking on a person. Wait. Uh, I think it was – was it Jason or jo – oh, Justin at Campfire Woodworks. He, he put in the hours or if not days of building his own WordPress site from the ground. And – you know, you can do that, like like we said with Lefty. But the easier thing to do is just put it on, on Etsy, list it somewhere where people can see it and shop around without having to be, like, pressured by a salesman. They could just look, oh, I like that, and buy it from you. That's my advice. Jason? The only thing I would add uh, that you need to keep in mind is that if you're planning on selling things that you make that you want to make that you think look good are going to be a little bit harder for you to sell because the allure of custom furniture is that they get to do it exactly the way they want. So an example of that is you make a sliding door media console and you make it in the colors that you think look good. Your clients may want something else. And the thing that you're going to deal with nine times out of 10 is, well, I really like that, but can you make it seven inches smaller? And can you paint the base this color and do the top this color? And so the people that are winning in the space of online stores for whatever it is they build are the people that are making things that are highly sought after uh, you know, example might be like Jory Brigham and, you know, his hang chairs Daniel or, <laughs> uh, yeah, Daniel Dunlap. And, um, yeah, what is it you make again? No. And, uh, cutting boards. Yeah. Cutting <laughs> boards. Walnut. So just keep that in mind. It could become quite a headache. And then you may end up having a stock of things that you are unable to get rid of because you built them in your mind thinking that that's what a client wants. But in fact, a client might want that same thing, but a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller or a different color. Yeah, Jason That's nailed it on the head. I, I build everything custom per order. I don't build stuff and hopefully try to sell it. You know, I have people come to me and tell me what they want, and then I build from there. And what really sells is customization. 
not just in colors and whatever, but if you, you know, if you are set on just making a certain item, if you can laser cut or, or laser engrave a logo or name or CNC a name into it or something. If you're making the same thing as everyone else, make it unique. Exactly. Yes. If you can throw someone's name on a, a cut, I mean, you throw a stick and hit like 15 cutting boards on the Instagram feed, but if they have someone's name engraved in it, that's the sales point. You're selling a personalized item, like Pete just said. And I mean, yep. so, um, I mean, we're, how far do you guys want to go? We're now in 13 in. We've I got, have nothing oh, else to do. We Mike. have one more yeah. patron question. Let's ask the audience. Do you guys want us to go longer? <laughs> I don't hear objections. Okay, perfect. Let's go. This is from Chris with Qualys. He's got a couple of points he wants to get to. He's a good dude. Hey guys, this is Chris with Qualys Woodworks. I have a customer who's interested in purchasing several charcuterie boards from me on a regular basis. He's planning to give these boards to his customers as a thank you gift, but he wants me to brand every board with his company logo. What are your thoughts on this? Would you batch out products and brand it with another company's logo? Thanks for taking my question. Also, I have a message for Mike. Uh, I was deeply offended by your comment about Eastern European raves. I grew up in Eastern Europe and attended many raves. Never considered calling in and leaving a message for a woodworking podcast. I don't know, maybe next time. Uh, keep up the good work, guys, and say hi to Jason for me. Thanks. Jason, what's so, up? So uh, I, he says hi, by the way. I made yeah. a call he, to get he's questions a good, in for he's... Jason. But when, I said, when you get your questions in... Make sure you're not in an Eastern European rave because some of the questions lately have been called in from some very loud background noise. So anyway, <laughs> that there may have been some offense. We also make jokes about Pete's deep V shirts. Um, sometimes <laughs> he says that's a Polish thing. <laughs> I said, I said, do you wear deep V shirts like like Pete does? He goes, no, no, that's a Polish thing. So he's not from Poland. I take it. <laughs> I'm getting married in an Adidas tracksuit. So gonna <laughs> you're going to do yeah. the Slav squat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Yeah. <sighs> That's how you say I do? No. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, Jason, what do you think about a client wanting you to put their uh, – that kind of ties into the last question. But what do you think about a client wanting you to put their logo on there? Uh, I, I would say yes as long as they are – if you're doing it with a branding iron, as long as you charge them for that branding iron for those products. Absolutely. Absolutely. You put whatever they want on it, right? Yeah. So – uh, as long as they are doing, I've had a lot of conversations with people that are, you know, building stuff like cutting boards or charcuterie boards. I'm like, reach out to local real estate agents and work a deal with them and then have their company name put on it or that real estate agent's name. And they absolutely will pay for it, but you better believe that they are going to pay for that branding iron. Right. Um, so just take that logo, send it to the branding iron company, but put that in the invoice uh, for them. Are you going to use it after that? No. Well, you might. Because they may come back and want more later on, so uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a win win. And most of these branding iron companies, you can just get replaceable heads for them anyways, so it'll just be there on the side. But you never paid for it, so that would be my advice. Dan, Dan, um, everything that Jason just said, yes. If if you're worried about not getting your brand out there, package it up, put some twine around the board, slap a little, uh, you know, Daniel Dunlap Woodworks or what have you. Obviously, you don't want to use mine, but if you want to use mine, go for it. Um, put a little tag on there that's, that lets people know where it came from and who made it. And maybe uh, if you can, maybe you can put your business card with it. But yeah, 
I mean, if somebody's going to pay me money, I'll I'll put whatever you want on there. I'll put a well, I won't say what I will put on there. Don't say, don't say what you'll put on the show. Please, please elaborate. I would love to know. I can't. I can't. Put on there. This family show. Will they make those on branding irons? I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, Pete? Uh, yes, I mean basically, would you'd be paying for that? Whether it's a brand or you would CNC it in there, I think that should be built into the cost because that's work, labor, and you have to design that. And you know, if you're batching out a bunch of cutting boards or something, and that's uh, you know, Jason hit it on a head. I actually had somebody reach out to me about uh, making a whole bunch of cutting boards for them with their company logo for customers that bought houses from them. It was for a real estate company. And uh, at the time, I didn't have a CNC. Now we're in the talks a year later about doing it again because I now have a CNC. So, hey, yay, more cutting boards. But yeah, totally. I mean, if they're willing to pay for it, do it. And I will charge even extra if my logo's nowhere on there. Because I'd, I'd like to think I'd still put my logo on there somewhere. Put it inside the glue up. Um, Little you know, secret. Um, well, that's why I want a small brand, a small brand for my own stuff. Mike? Kind of goes to what we just said about personalization of products. Yeah. I mean, I just, I said I'm, I'm getting a CNC. One of the main reasons I'm getting a CNC is to put other people's information on stuff. Well, not one of the main reasons, but one of the reasons I'm getting a CNC is to put other people's information on whatever they want me to build them. So uh, I can carve their name in there and I'll carve whatever they want on there <laughs> as long as they pay me for it. I don't care. They can, they can have me carve have whatever they want. I have picture of so. me from 2005 that I'd like you to put on a piece of plywood. If I'll do it. I don't care. Fantastic. Here's my rate. Here's my rate sheet. So, my, yeah, it's a, yeah. Unrelated. Are you are you not wanting to share the brand of CNC, or is that still under wraps? Um, it's not really under wraps. I guess I can mention it. I mean, I'm getting. I'm just curious. I'm getting a Laguna Swift four by eight table. <laughs> So, oh, nice! Shock face. Yeah, nice. I'm getting the. I'm, I'm yeah. They, the boys already know. I'm getting the Laguna four by eight, and uh, I mean, this show is going to be live on Monday. So Monday is when I'm everything gets finalized anyway. So yeah, I'm getting the I'm getting the Laguna four by eight. I'm pulling out. It's not the vacuum ready one. I had a lot of conversations over the last few days with some of my CNC buddies, but it's not the vacuum table. I wanted one with an auto tool changer, but I couldn't justify the price point for my first CNC machine. Yeah, I was gonna. Well, the the auto tool changer wasn't gonna take much more power. It, it was, was vacuum, the vacuum right. table that took uh, an eighty amp three phase system, <laughs> so I couldn't I couldn't make that work with my current uh, load on my on my on my panel. So you, you can't wire it out yourself. in California again. Thanks, I can, Mike. I can wire it. I just don't have any more amperage to do it. <laughs> like uh, eighty amps is a, so. We're yeah, you'd be, probably shut down California just from your yeah, CNC machine. After yeah, last night I was just trying to keep my house under seventy seven, and then the, the, the pop <laughs> hole breaker. But, um, yeah, so. So yeah, I'm getting the Laguna four by eight. I'm really, really go big excited or go home. about it. And that's awesome. Um, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna be redoing my old shop. I'm pulling everything out. I'm getting a shed, like I said, and uh, it's gonna be a whole long process. I'm gonna be after this commission I'm on. I'm not taking any commissions until I have this whole new shop setup done because it's gonna take me at least two months to get everything done. And I have a. I've told the boys. I'll tell you now, Jason, I have, I have a loft above my old shop that was never finished and I'm actually going to be putting permanent stairs to that. That's going to be my new full-time office. That's where I'll be doing the podcast, doing all my voiceover for my YouTube stuff. I'll have like, I'm going to be building a staircase up to that. I'm going to be insulating that. I'm going to be putting sheetrock up, carpet, nice carpet down, pretty thick carpet. And then I'm going to put baffles up there to help with the studio sound. And, um, it's going to be my whole full-time office where I'll do everything up there. So I'm really awesome. excited about that. So I'm really well, you know, pumped. You bathroom in there and you're set. 
Bucket. I have that a window. He's got buckets. I have a window and good aim. It's, it's cool. gonna be <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be really nice to have that four foot by eight foot to engrave someone's name on a twelve by eighteen uh, cutting board. It's gonna be dope. <laughs> No, bottle opener. Boards. Get it right. No, he does yeah. four by, by yeah. ten little bottle openers. Yeah. No, that's awesome. <laughs> no, it's going to be sick. So I've got some. Well, I'll go into more of that later on. But yeah, there's some. Uh, there's some pretty cool opportunities that's going to be opening up. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. So yeah, not a secret. I don't know why I wasn't mentioning it earlier. Um, do we want to jump into this very can of worms question yep. we have? Yes. About- yep. Yep. Okay. I, just, I, this qu- can I answer it last? Because I am really interested to hear your guys' perspectives. Yeah, Ooh. absolutely. You're the guest. You get to you can do whatever you want. This, this question's from Matt Morgan. Well, I wouldn't say he can do whatever he wants. I mean, calm yeah, down. Then all right. you guys I mean, need to ask leave. first. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one is from Matt Morgan. He has a question about woodworking. Hey, guys. Matt Morgan again. And my question, not so much question, but my want to hear your opinion Uh is on these people building rustic tables on the Instagram and marketplace, devaluing the art of woodworking by building things out of um, construction-grade pine, painting them white, uh, burning the tops and clear coating, staining you know the tops dark, and selling them for $500 when we try to build them out of premium lumber and sell them for thousands of dollars and we get laughed at. Just want to hear your thoughts on that and, um, you know, just kind of get into what your personal value is and where you guys draw the line and do you even care? Uh, Thanks a lot. Talk to you. Uh, Dan, you want to spearhead this one, it looks like? Yep. Go ahead. There's a guy down the street from me who does that exact same thing. He builds stuff out of pine. He builds, quote-unquote, rustic. Max, not now, buddy. He's whining (laughs) because I'm ignoring it. Um, And I pay no attention to him because the way I see it is his client base is not my client base. He's going after somebody totally different. Our client bases are two different people. And if his client base ever really figures out quality, then maybe they'll come to me. But other other than that, I don't concern myself with it or those people. Uh, we're, we're in two different markets as far you as you people. Concerned. What does that mean? <laughs> Calm <I'm sorry>. down. <laughs> you people. I yeah. Short short answer. I don't worry about it. It 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 doesn't concern me. What about you, Pete? I don't even bother listing on facebook marketplace or those places because i just i find that there's not even a point Uh, people see that and that let's put it this way i've lost plenty of friends or have just been ghosted by plenty of friends that have asked me to build them stuff and i am not afraid to tell them the price and this is even when i undervalued myself and charged like one and a half times material and one and a half times material when I was first starting out, I was like, any money over material was like a bonus. Like, oh, I have free time. I'll just make it. I have the tools, you know. But that's we're not what raiding these tonight. People do all the time. And I said these people uh, must be a Polish I, thing. You know what? I'm okay. Hey, I'm okay losing those friends. I'm okay not have like that's why I don't even bother with that. Like my kind of how Dan said, 
Just ignore them. Like, I don't even deal with that because I don't even want to have those conversations. I don't want to have you haggle me on price. This is what I offer. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to get into a couple of those, you could say, Mike, as Mike says, uh, rich neighborhoods, or at least some people where they, they will refer to other people that know the value of things and know that they want hardwood and not just some cheap pine because those people are going to learn in a year or two when that piece of furniture is coming apart on them. So just ignore them. What about you, Mike? I um, have the same answer. I don't yeah. I don't want anything to do with building those types of furniture at all. I don't want to build them. I have no desire to build them. Build them. I don't want to build them. I also ultimately really have no problem with other people building them. It's none of my business. They can build and sell whatever they want. This is America. Um, but I don't want anything to do with it. I just don't want to. I don't want to build them. I don't really care to. I, I don't want to take the, on that. It's not something I would enjoy doing. So like I said, I'll do anything for money, but I, I'm not going to do I, I don't enjoy but I do that. that. <laughs> but I won't do that. <laughs> Get out of my head, Dan. I mean, I'll go for dinner. I'll do, <laughs> I'll do anything for money, but I, I, I really want to enjoy it at least, you know? So um, if it's putting someone's brand on my thing, on something I made, I don't care about that. But like the, those tables, um, farmhouse style, one, I don't really like that style personally. That's not something I like for myself personally, but that doesn't really matter for a client. If I'm making something for a client, I'll make them whatever they want. But um, but there's a lot of things. There's things where it's where there's a lot of construction plywood or a construction grade wood involved. I'm going to avoid it like the plague. Um, just cause it's, you know, my thing with pine, I don't really like getting my tools super duper messed up and disgusting and having to clean them for two days afterwards. And so that's kind of where I'm at with it. But someone else does it, whatever. Jason. Uh, so I guess it, like, I'm kind of along the same lines as you guys. What I would just tell him is that mainly like Dan said, that those aren't the clients that you want, but if you're looking yeah. for all your clientele and you're building, you know, pieces of furniture that are thousands of dollars, your place is not Facebook or Craigslist no. or anything else. And here's the other thing that you got to think about. Nobody starts out building fine furniture out of Walnut. No. Right. Everybody no. starts at a lower level and it's not, it's not, you know, woodworking is not unlike anything else. If people were not on different budgets, you know, Walmart would not exist. Ikea right. would not exist. Um, True. You know, everything would be like Pottery Barn or higher, and it's <laughs> it's it's the exact same thing, and it's the same evolution for all woodworkers. So, you know, there I don't look at it, and this is the conversation that I've had heated conversations with people about. Uh, you know, oh, they're devaluing the, the uh, they're devaluing woodworking. No, they're not. They're just at a different level and have a different client than you do. Yeah, um, exactly. But I'll tell you what, I started there. You know what I mean? I was yeah, building. We all did, I believe. I was I building five hundred dollar farmhouse tables out of construction grade lumber using pocket holes and everything else when I first started. My first table I ever built. That's Mike, exactly Mike, what stop it was. listening. So I don't care. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? That's fine. So <laughs> it's not. You know, I didn't start with the shop that I have. I didn't start with any of that stuff. So there is right. a learning experience. But guess what? Then word of mouth started to spread, and that's when I got the clients that really mattered. Yep. And it's not about advertising on uh, YouTube at that or uh, on a uh, Facebook at that point. Facebook. But I started there, and then I realized, okay, there's a different clientele, and I want to start, you know, building things out of better quality stuff. And these people are willing to pay that money. So 
don't get wrapped around the axle about the people that are making the cheap stuff. That's not the, the person that they're building that $500 table for is not the person that you want. Exactly. You want the person that yep. doesn't want that $500 table. There's also people who make those items and who make the fir- farmhouse furniture stuff. And that's all they ever end up doing. Um, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but they never end up making fine furniture, air quotes. Um, Although you can make farmhouse stuff and it can be fine furniture. I, yes. I follow a few oh, yeah. guys you can that, for sure. that for sure, make for sure farmhouse can. stuff and it's super quality. Yeah, there is definitely – it's a style. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a quality. <clears throat> it's a look. You can make it out of nice ash. The whole thing can be out of hardwood and beautiful. Thank you. Um, yes. It's a style I don't personally like, but there are a lot of people who really like it. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not – there's people who end up – for people who like are in it for like the woodworking aspect of it, usually move to hardwood, fine, fine air quotes furniture, whatever that means, that nebulous term of fine furniture or fine woodworking. There's some people who are in it who are in it just for the money, and there's nothing wrong with that. They will stick with selling the high volume, low price construction grade thing. That's and you know why? It's because they come up with a system to do that, which maximizes their profit. Yeah. They and do the same thing over and over. Again, that's a different clientele. It's not devaluing yep. any fine woodworker. If that was the case, there wouldn't be people selling you know $20,000 dining room tables or $50,000 chairs because yep. the guy in you know uh, Louisiana built a $500 farmhouse table out of pine construction grade lumber from Lowe's and Home Depot. Like, yeah. It's not they. They are capitalizing on a market that rec- that wants that. If you don't want to be that, pr- I could do that. I could get on it. I could get on Facebook right now and find For what sure. my competition is. Find the cheapest way to do it and build those things and dish them out, and that's fine. That's just a different client. I, don't I just do don't want to do that. This is an argument in a in a situation that's as old as time. Like I. This same this same situation and argument is in the photography world. I I used to see it all the time. What about the people that are only charging five hundred dollars for a wedding? They're devaluing the market. No, they're they're totally at a different client base than you are. I don't charge five hundred dollars for a wedding. My my general weddings now are about thirty five hundred dollars a piece. I'm not after the five hundred dollar wedding clients. They're not the same people. Right. So I let I let them be and. Yeah, it's two do- totally different markets yep. or client bases. Exactly. I think we've sufficiently answered that one. Do we yeah. want to evaluate at an hour and 30 minutes what we want to do here? Well, my wife just texted me and she says they're waiting in the driveway. With they Taco got Bell? out of the box. So, all right, so two more questions <laughs> then. That's it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are we, we got, should we call it? This is a long one. We should probably call it. It is kind yeah, of a long one. It. Yeah. We're right there where we usually kind of be on a long episode. So let's do it. Let's wrap yeah. it up. So, um, what am I, I supposed to do now, though? Put your pants oh, you back get, on, please, you get Jason. Uh, Jesus, okay. please. <laughs> All right. I'll do that. Um, hang out if you can, please. You can make fun of our yeah. spiel, our outro spiel. Pete, you oh. want to start off the sp- out- outro spiel? Well, hell yeah. First of all, a huge thank you to Jason Bett for, for joining sure. us today. Thank you, Jason. Uh, definitely Who, appreciate it. Who's Jason? So glad you came uh, on. I know. Yeah. <laughs> He's the guy that thought this was Wood Talk. Really confused oh, that guy. <laughs> I, that's right. I just realized again that's not wood talk. It's not wood talk. <laughs> Anyways, bags. check me out at uh, renaissancewoodworker.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're Free definitely Shannon. I, I would like to say, 
since you mentioned that and since you're going into your spiel, uh, thank you guys very much for asking me uh, to be on the podcast. I When I finally started listening to your guys' podcasts, it's the, the chemistry is what makes your podcast very good. Um, and I, I find it very similar tension. to uh, the type of personality that I have, so I knew it would be a good time. Yeah. So I, I appreciate yeah. you guys asking me to be on and especially being the first. Yeah, I'll always, sure. Hey, guys, great. I'll always be your first. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. And you were gentle, too. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> that should be the episode. I'll always be your first. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> episode 23, always be our first. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I just got bent over. Yeah. No. Oh, yes. Zing. <laughs> Joke of the night. Oh, I love it. I've never heard that before. Oh, I assumed God. you haven't. That's so pretty good. original. Never. <laughs> Oh, you were definitely so the first. <laughs> Somebody so had to dumb say it. And I love it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was terrible. <laughs> well, for, the, for the rest of the spiel, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if you have a voicemail that you want us, to, or uh, sorry, a question that you want us to answer, send in a voicemail. We do still appreciate written in questions. We don't always get to them because we have so many voicemails. Uh, best way to do it is record it on your voice memo app on your phone and send it to another woodshop podcast at gmail.com. If you want to call in, we have a super cool number. It is 754-2255-297 or 754-CALL-AWP. Uh, leave a voicemail, not in a European nightclub or honestly, any continental nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure uh, to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, unfortunately. Uh, and uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of TikTok famous now. Jason. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, Dan's TikTok famous. He's getting hit up by different TikTok managers that are definitely real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and definitely check out our guest uh, Jason Bent yes. on Instagram and check him out on YouTube. A lot of cool content there. YouTube's where you, want, where you want to go see Jason at. He's awesome. Absolutely. Guy. And uh, Mike, do you want to uh, do an outro for our sponsor? Yeah. Big thank you again to Total Boat. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, the sponsorship's awesome. We're really glad to have them on board. Please go give them some love. Tell them you sent or that we sent you. And uh, also, keep giving us those five-star reviews, guys. They are doing the- – I went back and checked a few days ago, and I was like, whoa, we have that many. That's amazing. So you guys keep that up. Thank you so much. For are we to 420 yet? We're very we were, close we to were at 69. <laughs> Yeah, we were. Yeah, we we went there so tough. Remember that was <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, we're doing great on reviews. Hold so much, guys. And the, the the biggest thing that's helped us, I I'm really I'm certain of it is sharing the podcast with people. Share, share, it share. Is yes, so helpful. We can we notice it. Um, we'll we'll check the podcast account and see a bunch of mentions in there, and um, we'll see. Those are the weeks where we spike, and we just really really appreciate it. So. Any sharing you can do just helps us so much. And it doesn't cost you anything. I know it's your feed and it's valuable to you and, and it should be. You should keep it or treat it as such. But, um, you know, sharing us in your stories is super helpful. Help get the word out is huge for us. So God, thank you so okay, much Mike, that. I'll share you in Jason my said that Jason said that he would God give – Jason said he'd give a dollar to every share. So Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, geez. Damn. God, I'll do it right after this. Stop yelling. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you again, Jason. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. So pumped you came on. This is really fun. And um, I think that's kind of going to be it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dan, we had a great run. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. (laughs) Sorry, Jason, enjoy your time on the show. It's you. (laughs) I'm I'm out. All right. Let's do this. Cut the cord. 
Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. I love you a long time. No! No!